God bless you. If you have your Bibles, we're reading today from the Gospel of Luke chapter 17. And uh, I know you've been blessed with uh, Thanksgiving. Sister French and I are praying for each of you through the weeks ahead right into 2016. You're on the top of our prayer list. And uh, we also have an evangelist coming in late January. That is Brother Nathaniel Urshan is going to be with us, the, I believe it is the third or fourth week of January. We'll have to look. It's on the, the upcoming uh, calendar to be released. And so we're going to begin fasting here right after the first of the year and praying. And uh, we're going to be celebrating through December the birth of the Lord. Now, we're looking at Luke 17, verse 11. And this is the only account of this particular story I believe in in the New Testament this is where we find it only here in Luke 17 and it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that is Jesus was and his disciples were going to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee well that was rather unusual because very few Jews would have walked into and through Uh, from Galilee into Samaria. But we also know that this was the last trip of Jesus into Jerusalem before he would be crucified. So Jesus chose the route through Samaria, though unusual for uh, the Jews as they traversed. It was considered inhospitable and they simply didn't do it. Verse 12, And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. As they went. And my message today is entitled, A Miracle to Go. A Miracle to Go. Would you put your Bibles down and let's, let's pray today that God's miracle will be released in our hearts today. Could we do that? And let's lift our hands together. Let's pray. Father, right now, I thank you for the anointing that we feel, for your blessing. I ask God that this will not just be a service in between Thanksgiving and December. I pray that it will be a time where we can receive from the Word of God and the Spirit of God. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And we give you praise. Everyone said amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. And uh, if you can stay uh, during the altar service and during prayer, we're going to have a baptism. And so we're getting ready for that. The Bible says, as they went, Jesus said, go and show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, before they even arrived, nine of them got all the way to the priest. One did not. Before the expected presentation to the priests, they were startled to find that the dread leprosy was gone as they went. So your to-go miracle, we're living in an age of to-go. I find myself more and more, and I, I don't mean to be too personal, but I, 
if I'm uh, if I'm by myself, I rarely will step into somewhere and have lunch or whatever. I don't go in. I just go through the drive-through, and uh, and it used to be that uh, I could hardly find a drive-through where you would order it. I want three of that, one and a half of this, whatever. and then I never got anything that I ordered. I've even had other people's total order before. And I uh, thought, well, that looks good. I've never tried that. Uh, <clears throat> that's just the kind of day you're in. Someone said we used to have a little thing where we would try to figure out what they would get wrong in the order because it used to, now it's not so bad. Now I think the, the world is changing or something. Lately it's been a little better. Is it better? Not for you? been better for me i think i no i'm just kidding but it has seemed a little a little different some of the places but that's what i mean by and i'm referring to that in in somewhat of a flippant way that it's to go and of course it was that this miracle was unique in that what is going to be presented here is evidenced in the time of the presentation of what christ said and then their willingness to go Now, many today feel that they are alone and that God is a million miles away. We're living in a time when people are more and more suggesting, and we see it in the in the new social media and all the various things that are affecting young lives today. And that is why this unique miracle of the ten lepers is so wonderful, why it has an an interesting appeal, and why it is unique. Only Luke of all of the Gospels even refers to it. And I am here to preach to you that God knows all about you. He knows where you are and he knows who you are and he knows better than yourself because he is your maker. Now, no one was more surprised to see Jesus in Samaria than the Samaritans because it was very, very unusual. It would require uh, some particular reason that they would uh, pass on through Samaria instead of going around the other way. But God had an, 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 an important appointment to touch the lives of a group of desperate leprous men who already knew of Jesus' reputation as a healer. We know that because they even recognized the fact, now there could be other uh, circumstances that are not mentioned in the text, but as far as we know, they recognized this band of healers, these folks that were traveling with Jesus and they cried out. But not only did they know Jesus as a healer, but one who cared for the outcast. Jesus is not just another religious person. He is the lover of men's souls. He knows who we are and he cares about us at the same time. Are you thankful today that you have a Savior that cares enough to die for you at Calvary, to come and to give himself and to reach out to us? Now remember, lepers were kept separated from everyone, including their own families. Now according to Jewish law, they were to stay 100 paces. And, and I'm not going to give you a specific. It basically meant the way you would 
step off 100 steps away from anybody else. And they had to live there. Now family could come in and there were certain rituals. They couldn't touch one another. They were completely outcasts. And Luke says that they stayed way off in the distance. That is to say they were at least that 100 paces. Now there are examples of miracles about lepers in the New Testament. In other places, Luke, uh, Mark 1 and so on, where they don't observe this. And in fact, we have the amazing uh, detail in Mark chapter 1 that the leper ran up to Jesus and got right in front of him and bowed down before him. That was completely against all Jewish protocol. It was never intended to be. But I tell you today that we are serving a mighty God that cares about us in every detail. Praise God. It matters not whether you're standing here or you're way over there. Makes no difference. He's the same God. Doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter your bank account. It doesn't matter who you are or where you are. He's the same God. So it is that sometimes you think that he doesn't see you, but dear friend, he knows all about you. He sees and knows. In fact, that's why you can trust him. Can we just clap our hands and, and give him a little bit of praise here this morning? I'm not, I, I, I'm gonna preach. I feel this in my soul. Now also, and, uh, some of you, I know your mind. I can hear your mind click, click. Your mind is clicking very loudly. And, uh, I know that, uh, this particular aspect of the miracle of, of our Lord here just a few days after the celebration of what we Americans call Thanksgiving uh, is interesting. How interesting to consider this particular miracle. But of course you will remember, and I know many of you are thinking it isn't even as I pretend that your mind is clicking, that this entire miracle, the reason it is told has to do with thanksgiving. That is the point of this miracle. But that is not my reason for referring to it, although I do want to point it out, and it does uh, allow it to uh, fit neatly here a few days after thanksgiving. But leprosy, back to my point, symbolized in the Jewish, and I find people that are totally troubled by this, that God allowed a, a very interesting and I want to say vile disease. It was a, 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 to, uh, to the ancient world, leprosy was, uh, well, it was dread. Let's just use the word. It, was, uh, I don't, I, it wasn't the most feared of all diseases, although it certainly was feared. There were many things. I don't intend to draw great parallels about the leprosy itself. But, but what I do wish to mention is that leprosy, leprosy symbolized not merely spiritual sickness. In other words, they're sick and what leprosy does. Now, if I, 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 I hesitate I don't want to delve into the, the symptomatic effects of leprosy and what is now called Hansen's disease and all that it does and, and it's still in the world and so on. I, I have no reason to dig into all of that. But what I want you to see is that, that leprosy symbolized more than mere spiritual sickness. In other words, it was a symbol not just of, okay, I'm sick in my body, therefore I could be, it symbolizes what's wrong with the soul. It was much, much more than that. 
Because it did not symbolize sickness. No. It symbolized death. It was as though... Now, this is what troubles the modern mind, that someone with a physical ailment, that in the process of their, uh, res- the restrictions of the, of the Jewish law, I'm not here judging Jewish law, I'm not here judging the Old Testament, I'm simply trying to point out that many modern minds are troubled by the fact that a, an illness of which a person had no control became a symbol of something very, very spiritual and very, very powerful. And so they, they just can't in their mind even fathom something like that. But I will say to you today without answering that question that sin brings with it such a division between you and God that nothing was more symbolic of that than the tragedies of leprosy itself. In fact, it was, and I'm, Lord, I'm trying, I'm not, I, I know I'm, I'm not planning to, to deal with all of it. But one of the things that many people are unaware of about leprosy is that it kills the nervous system. And one of the reasons they lose, for example, their fingers and their, uh, and I'm trying to be, I know that there are uh, young folks in this room, but uh, one reason, for example, they lose their hands or their, their limbs, like, uh, for example, the famous violinist that was so uh, so. Uh, capable but had had Hansen's disease and and got a little infection but it's it could not they have not the ability to feel pain so they look at it and they say hmm you could shoot them and a bullet could go in they cannot feel pain therefore they do not seek the necessary remedy for the cause of such pain. And because of that, something that is very small, like a tiny infection, maybe a little splinter, a violinist, the famous violinist that Hansen's disease and played and got his little, his thumb got infected and he, he just looked at it and it got worse and worse until it went into his, and then he lost his hand because he had, was unable to recognize what was happening in his body. You say, Brother French, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to tell you that on this day, when these ten lepers stood there, they represented everything that represents our culture today as sure as I stand here they represent what is happening in our world today they most certainly do praise God spiritual death the end of their Existence, sweetheart, daddy's not coming home. He won't be living here. They're taking him away because he has leprosy. It had very little to do with the symptoms of the actual leprosy. It had everything to do with the symbolic parallel of separation due to what it was accomplishing within that human body. Little, listen, listen, honey. Uh, I will not ever come here. Let me hold you one last time because. After tonight, my separation begins and I will never hold you close 
again. Not because I don't want to, baby, but I will never be allowed back into this house. It will be a complete and total separation. I'm feeling today an anointing from the Spirit of the Lord that is reminding us that we are living in a generation that has seen itself separated from the presence of God. We see hatred and violence in our land that is inexplicable. We see families torn apart and we cannot explain it. And someone said that That's just the new normal. And it is not normal. It is not the will of God. Come over here baby. And and give me a little hug. Because daddy will not be home again. I'll never tell you. Another bedtime story baby. Like I told you last night. I made it extra. Uh extra good last night, honey, because I will not be dreaming dreams with you of your tomorrows because I will only be waving from the distance. Now, I feel led to say to someone today that you think that this is beyond the touch of God's hand, but not so. There is a hope that can mend your home and heal your broken relationships. There is a touch. You say, I don't believe in uh, uh, magic. I don't believe in in uh, psychological, easy things. I, I didn't say it was easy. But I am telling you today, there is a touch that is greater than any religious notion. In fact, we can feel it here in this room. Some of you, the ones that are not worried, I'm going to preach all day and I'm not going to preach all day. But some of you are thinking right now, you know, I'm sensing something about it. It's almost like I can, I can, I can sense that there is something that is going to happen. Can we just lift our hands and thank God for it for just a moment? Let's give him a little bit of praise because in fact that becomes key to what happens in our story today. Lord, I just want to take a little bit of time and thank Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I wonder if you can hear it this morning. The voices of voiceless people that are crying out. There are drug addicts. There are criminals. There are inmates. There are lives right now that are just as bound as these that we have read in our text today. Now, lepers are said to have often lost their vocal ability. Now this I've never researched, although I've read Dr. Brand's book. Every book he ever wrote, he was an expert on, on Hanson's. And, and uh, it's just, and I'm, I'm going way further than I should. Lord, help me not to do that. And so, uh, and so it is, but I don't fully know. So I would be guessing if I tried to explain why it is that lepers have been said, I've read it many times, I don't know the medical reason, but they would lose their voices, they wouldn't, uh, so it is, I'm only 
let's say I'm, I'm just contemplating it a bit. But we are very, very uh, clear in the account in the Bible, which we know is true, that they cried out to God. Now perhaps whatever affected their voices, which was clearly had to do with their uh, with the leprosy itself, just like it would affect the, the their hands and their face, um, they would they were bound by law to wrap their face from from their from their nose like this. They would wrap. They sometimes they you'll read in the Greek literature. I have a degree in Greek. They would wrap the, the their faces with this, and they would call them in the Greek word is rags. They would wrap themselves with cloth that they would ref- we would translated into English as rags and they would be forced to wear this and when their hands became disfigured and so on they had to wrap their hands and they could never be seen no matter where they were say but friends that's way more detail than we need I, I, I understand that but what I'm trying to tell you today that no matter where you are or what you are facing we serve a savior today that is greater than anything that you have ever encountered his power he can heal your voice no matter its cry the Bible said they cried out have mercy on us now I'm eager to show also here in the next couple of seconds that this miracle has two powerful but unique aspects rarely mentioned in other miracles that Jesus performed there are two things that I want to be sure that I point out in the next couple of seconds here a few moments the first of these is the fact that Jesus did not touch them it is almost as though Luke is trying to show us that while Jesus, Mark tells the fame, of course, you know, Mark was the first gospel, and that's a long story, and very, very interesting. And, uh, and so Mark wrote, his is the smallest gospel. And in Mark, we get the story of the, of the, of the leper running. It's very dramatic. He runs to Jesus, and he falls. I mean, this is dramatic. You couldn't think of a more dramatic entrance. The leper, a man, all wrapped in, in all of, what a power. I've preached it so many times. I love, I just love that account. But this is the only time that we are told to remember that Jesus is not only the God that sees us up close, but he is the God that hears our voice off in the distance. And I am talking to someone today that thinks your voice is not heard. You think that you are so far from God that he is unable to reach you. But I tell you today that even as I speak, the Holy Ghost is reaching to you. In fact, the Spirit of God is working in you and in me. So the first of these lessons is the fact that Jesus did not touch them. He did not give them any assurance at all of a miracle. It was a to-go miracle. It was just go. Yeah, but, but wait, 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 uh, wait, wait. I, I, uh, did, did I get the order? Did, I, did you hear what I said? No. No questions. Now they may have asked. There's no record they did. Jesus says. The cry of the voice. Of the leper. Have mercy. On us. Ten lepers. No touch. 
and no assurance, no symbol, no, okay, at about four o'clock, you'll hear a crow, uh, not a crow, but uh, the crow of a rooster. I mean, you know, the Bible gave that one time as a sign, interesting little sign. I'm not suggesting you ought to have said that, but, but, uh, but most people are hoping for just a little bit. You know, when you're, when you're desperate and, you, and you're wondering what, what, what's next, I am telling you today that there are times that people are so close and are so desperate that he does not wait for a single sign. He simply says, this miracle is for right now. Go to the priest. Now he doesn't say he could go on and on, but perhaps he did. We don't have maybe every single word, of course not. But he says, go. And so the title of my message today. Now they felt no change in their disease condition. They saw no observable difference. This was a miracle that was not predicated upon the ability to hold on to a little something. Some people call that a handle. Oh, I'll just hold on to that right there. He did not even give them not even a small word that they could latch on to. He said, go. Because this miracle in desperation times is only to be received in the very face of obedience. God is able and willing. God is standing here in the midst of your cry. The lepers, ten, not nine, not eight, not seven, not six, not five, not twelve, not a hundred, ten lepers. There were ten in that crowd. And they cried out as one voice and said, have mercy on us. Jesus didn't say, well, let me explain how I do this and let me give you a look. No, no, he said, go! I'm getting ready to do something based upon your obedience. But something more than that, something far more than that, if you can be obedient and respond. Now, some of you are not going to like it. It's going to be difficult. But if all you ever do when you walk out of this place or the presence of God is no longer have to sign the local leper's registry, but you never go further. You will be free of leprosy, but you will not have what is essential to your future. So when they begin to make their way, all the attention of this story is not upon the priest. We know almost certainly there's, uh, give me another second, almost certainly we know that they where they went was to the local priest's home. There was no service. If there was services going on, then people would have been there. But they were, they basically was, you find the priest. You make your way. There's no word that somebody said, oh my goodness, I, I don't, what, why you, give me some kind of, they just simply started out, all 10 of them started out to the home of the local priest. Now we know the reason was that a priest had to declare you free of leprosy. And if that ever happened, there were different forms of leprosy. Then you could be, you could go back to your family. You could, you could finally get 
get away from all of this. And so if it ever happened, if, if some way God in his mercy were to do it, and so they would have to be declared, a priest would have to declare, but that was not the will of God. God was not sending them so a priest could do it. He was sending them so he would show that obedience had brought about the greatest change that they could ever imagine. And as they went, however far it was, and I doubt it was very far, as they went, he looked over and he said, Oh, oh God, look, look at your hands. Look, look at your, at your face. What, what has happened? Pull, pull that off of your face. What, what? I, 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 I you, you used to have a great, horrible looking scar. Look, pull that off. It's gone. Your, your face is, is just like it was before you were ever pronounced full of this horrid, disease we look at you look at your look at your hands look where you where you just had little nubbins all of it look at that your your hand is back to your your body has been restored and they begin to rejoice and get excited and the bible says that nine of them kept the law and ran to the priest which is what jesus had told them to do But that was not the point of this story. The point of this story was that there were there not ten of you that were desperate. And one of them on the road as they began to compare their flesh and their and their hands and, and their bodies and they begin to look at their feet and pull and, and one would help me get let me rip that off and the wrappings that had been there some of it was oh no that 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 sticks at home no no it's not and ripping it off they were completely whole while they were rejoicing in the miracle that had taken place. The Bible says only one of them turned back to Jesus. And that is why he gave them a miracle to go the first time because in the process of me touching you now listen to me church we're not just in this for someone to get a touch today and still miss out on eternity we're in this to turn people back to Jesus <laughs> hallelujah Someone said it's all about money. It's all about your... Oh no, my friend. It's about turning you back to Jesus. He turned back to Jesus. And he said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus said, were there not 10 of you? Oh, of course he knew there were 10. That was all for us this Thanksgiving to remember that when God gets done touching your life... It is more than you getting your blessing. It is more than you saying, oh man, I went to the Pentecostals and they shouted and and we danced and I got healed. But after I got healed, hallelujah, I turned around and I made my way back to 
to where Jesus was. Folks, I want to tell you, your answer is in Jesus Christ. Your answer is not in the leprosy. It's not in a world that defines itself by its own evil. But it's by definition a gospel of Jesus Christ where he shed his blood. And I want you to stand with me right now and we're going to pray for your miracle in the name of the Lord today. God's already determined that no matter what you have faced or where you have been, you know, Paul described this last generation as many things. 2 Timothy 3, 2, he uses the word, of, says it would be a violent age and so on, but then he says they would be this, they'd be unholy, but then he uses the word unthankful. That describes a people that have a maker, but they never thank him. That have a God who's all around them, but they never worship him. But the beauty of the miracle of the ten is that there's always the chance that we can turn our hearts to Jesus. And in the doing, okay, I'm, I'm passing through, but once I get through this line, I'm in a hurry here, but as soon as I'm done, in fact, the one, if I'm reading the text correctly, he never got to the priest's house. He went to the priest probably later. Now put that, put that down in your theological notebook, and you know, wherever you write that down. I think what he did is he, he ran back to Jesus. So here's what I'm going to tell you today. Why don't you just run back to Jesus and give him your life? I wonder if we could gather for prayer. I want us to gather as close as we can. And I want you to bring your families. I want you to bring your, your heart. Anybody you're praying for today, I just want you to bring them to the Lord and ask God right now to do a miracle. There are voiceless voices, people that are crying out with very little in their vocal cords, but they are crying out, have mercy. I wonder if we could lift our hands and pray for them first. Let's pray for those that are struggling right now. That's it. And I want you to pray for your families in Jesus' name. Before we do anything else, I want us to pray for one another. That's it. If you got your family nearby, in the spirit of thanksgiving, I wonder if you could just kind of put your hand around your family, some loved one near you there, or maybe somebody that's close, and you could just pray for somebody. Thank you. Let's pray together right now. Heavenly Father, I thank you for what we feel. I thank you for the presence of the Lord that we feel. God, I know that you're working. Lord, I praise you because someone, someone here today has a heart of obedience. They want to be obedient. But it takes more than mere obedience. We've got to be thankful at the same time. And so, Father, I pray that these two will grip us today. Obedience to receive it and thankfulness when we do.